What if you could predict the future? It's the stuff of movies and novels. Like Biff Tannen of Back to the Future, you could bet on the right horse and win an easy million. A superpower that, if it were real, could bring you and your company wealth, prosperity, and wild success. But what if predicting the future wasn't just fodder for fiction? We understand what technology will be capable of in the next five to 10 years better than anybody in the world. Joe Jensen of Intel has discovered the key to knowing what's going to happen next in tech. And he's applying these insights to some pretty important industries, retail, hospitality, banking, and even education. In fact, in the next decade, when you buy something, go out to eat, or learn something new, Intel will have undoubtedly helped shape that experience. So how does Intel do it? How were they able to look ahead and bet big on just the right tech? I'm Jeremy Bergeron, and this is Business X Factors. Each week, we'll take a look at the secret sauce that takes companies to the highest levels of success and how they got there. We'll explore how these organizations are run, what's special about the people, culture, and processes that make it all happen. What is technology for? Our friends at Highland believe technology is for transforming the way you work, for delivering complete information when and where you need it so you can be more agile, more empowered, more connected through each interaction and in every relationship. Highland believes in technology thoughtfully designed to create better customer experiences. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. Joe Jensen is the vice president of the Internet of Things Group and general manager of the retail solutions division at Intel Corporation. He's also a rare stalwart in the rapidly changing world of tech. He's been with Intel almost 40 years. He's seen colossal change in tech across multiple industries during that time. When I asked him how he got his start at Intel, he countered with this. I think probably a bigger interesting question why I stayed at Intel. When I graduated with electrical engineering degree, jobs were really plentiful in tech. And I think I had 14 plant visits with companies and I got 14 job offers. Intel was the lowest offer and it was quite a bit below the highest offer. And yet Intel was the one that Joe took. So what would convince a young graduate to take the lowest salaried gig out of 14 offers? Everybody was buzzing. The energy at Intel was just contagious and infectious. I had had interviews at, at, I won't name companies, but where you walk by the cubicles and the engineers all have their feet up on the desk reading the newspaper. And at Intel, not only were they buzzing around, but they were moving quickly, walking fast, and just an infectious energy. So for me, it was really obvious choice. This energy came from a passion to innovate, to look ahead. In fact, one of the most famous models in tech for reliably looking ahead came from the co-founder of Intel, Gordon Moore. He came up with the famed Moore's Law, 
Moore's law essentially states that computing power doubles about every two years. And it's a rule that has consistently proven true since he posited the theory in 1965. It's really hard to visualize. It's actually drawn on a log scale. And so if you drew it on a linear scale, it would just be a vertical line. And even as an engineer, it's difficult in your brain to internalize that if you hold an iPhone up today, 10 years ago, that was 100x the volume for that much compute. And today's iPhone size amount of space in 10 years will have 100x the performance. If you go back five years ago and look at what was possible in terms of entertainment, personal devices, smartphones, where they were at and where we're at today, it's really hard to project in your mind where that's going. We really, as a company, have internalized the rate of pace of technology. And I think at Intel, because our planning horizon for silicon features is five years, we've got a much longer thinking in how we think about where things are headed. If anything, I think at Intel, we see things happening more quickly than they really do. You can find hundreds of examples of this forward thinking at Intel. But let's start with one that might be relevant to your daily life, Netflix. When did Netflix streaming really start to hit mainstream? Maybe five years ago. Mm -hmm. We were investing in 2003. 18 years ago, our CEO made a big bet on what he called digital home. And that was the ability to get all the content creators to offer their content in a digital streaming format. Build the right security, build the right compute. We had 3,000 people working on digital home in 2003. Talk about an idea ahead of its time. As we know from Moore's Law, 18 years ago, technology was exponentially less advanced than it is today. And there were some real hurdles to get everyone to adopt streaming into their everyday life. The big focus was putting a PC in the living room and it was gonna be 100 watts of processor decoding high def video in software with big giant fans running in your living room. And those of us that had any kind of sense of actually using this stuff knew that nobody wanted giant high-performance computer fans running in your living room when you're watching a movie. And yet, even though it was, in a way, too early to show any real-world application in the early 2000s, Intel was still right on the money about the streaming revolution. In 2020, 232 million people watched streaming or downloaded video across all devices in the U.S. alone. And since the days of trying to put large and loud computers in folks' living rooms, Intel now helps you stream things like an 8K augmented reality experience from the cloud in real time. What makes Intel this constant, formidable, innovative force? What is that secret juice? I think it came from Andy Grove, and and he wrote a book, Only the Paranoid Survive. And that's really strong in the company culture. Grove co-founded Intel, and he has become something of a legend among business leaders. When the book Only the Paranoid Survive was published, Intel had become the world's largest chip maker. Grove shared how the company navigated major times of change, what Grove calls strategic inflection points. These can come from competition, regulation, or changes in technology. But the point was that at Intel, they used extreme paranoia as a strength. It was a kind of positive paranoia, if you will. 
If you think you can always be taken down by some shift in the industry, you will constantly push for innovation. And when your paranoia proves true, you're equipped and prepared to handle it. Today, there are many issues that Intel is paranoid about and developing for. One is the future of retail, which falls under Joe's umbrella. So he's pretty in tune with the current strategic inflection point that has a lot of folks on edge. Amazon is the boogeyman. Everybody's, hey, Amazon's killing brick and mortar. And we've been saying for several years to retailers, Amazon's not your problem. Consumer expectations are your problem. Online sellers have tools and analytics and technologies that allow them to more nimbly meet these expectations. And I think for us, it's focusing again on whose problem we're trying to solve, who are we trying to help. And I think we're particularly good at Intel when we can define clearly a problem that has value. We have 3,800 PhDs at Intel. We can solve any problem if we really understand what problem we're trying to solve. Consumer friction is exactly where Intel is focusing its attention for the future because of the implications it will have on how we buy and sell. Beyond fast shipping and seamless online shopping, Joe says this consumer experience will also start to involve less people because consumers will interact more with the Internet of Things, or IoT, another one of his specialties. As he explains, most physical retail experiences in the future may be like the Amazon Go store experience and involve cameras, invisible scanners, QR codes, and other tech which charges you based on what you grabbed off the shelf. Throughout the entire shopping experience, you never have to stand in line or open your wallet. This future is the basis for how Intel is thinking about the consumer experience and specifically how cameras can radically change the way retailers sell. Buckle up, because this is wild. Let's go with a uh, department store example. Historically, people went to a department store to discover products. I'm interested in buying something. It's 60% of purchases made by people in the West are, are things they didn't know they were going to buy when they went to the store. You know, shopping is actually a, a pastime. It's a way people like to spend time. And, and a lot of demand is created in real time in the store. Probably most demand is actually created in real time in the store. If you go back 30 years ago, people didn't have Instagram. You didn't have all the social media. Uh, and, and you discovered what you wanted to buy when the store showed you what you wanted to buy. The whole landscape has changed today. And you look at advertising in the store, you look at inventory. It's all still stuck in the model from 20 or 30 years ago. An example I always give is prom dress season. You walk in the front of the store, they've got a poster at the front, really prime piece of real estate, advertising prom dresses. What percent of the people walking in the store are a candidate for a prom dress? Very small percentage of the population. This is where Intel's use of cameras and the whole suite of IoT comes in. For more than 10 years, we've had the technology at a cost-effective level to anonymously estimate age and gender. Well, if a middle-aged guy is walking in the store, unlikely they're a candidate for prom dress. And so what you would do is say, hey, based on who's walking in the store, let's show something that they're likely interested in. Let me generate some demand for the person walking in the door, not just a generic ad because that's the time of the season or the season we're in. When I can take it a step further, now you can actually reuse some analytics and you can know people that look like this person, again, anonymously, tend to buy this kind of thing. Joe is talking about using cameras equipped with machine learning technology which can identify certain traits of shoppers 
and associate that data with products that other people with similar traits have purchased in the past. The camera is never actually recording or tracking a customer's personal data, and the privacy of the shopper remains intact during the entire process. It's the next evolution of creating a seamless customer experience, and the opportunities are endless. Taking another step, when you really have a good handle on your physical inventory, you have too many raincoats because it was a dry winter. When you see a guy walking in, you have too many men's raincoats, throw a raincoat up on the screen, create demand for something you have too much of before you have to deep discount it. Take it a step further, you can actually now, again, with the, without a lot of money, we can estimate the size of the shopper. So now I've got this guy coming in. I'm an extra large size guy. You have too many raincoats for men, but not an extra large. Don't show me a raincoat. Don't create demand for something you can't fulfill right now. So this opportunity to anonymously use cameras to go, what do I have in stock that appeals to people like this? And, and that's what a really amazing clerk does. There's a men's uh, clothing store here in Phoenix where I've bought some jackets and suits. And the first time I went in there, bought a, a sport coat, went in three years later was the next time. The salesman looked up and said, hey, Joe, how's that Canali jacket working? That was a 46 long. That guy's amazing. He's probably one in 100,000 in terms of apparel people. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could supplement your staff with some AI insights to lift everybody up to be closer to him? This all sounds like a no-brainer to implement, but how far away from that world are we? Intel was a dozen years early on Netflix. So how far ahead is it on the future of retail? Or the future of anything for that matter? Coming up, we hear how and why Intel is predicting a radical shift that will come about because of rather old technology. Stay with us. If you run a business, you have information. Loads and loads of information across different channels, systems, and silos. How can you connect the dots to make sure the right information gets to the right people who need it? Highland helps more than half of the Fortune 100 companies do just that by providing them with the tools they need to digitally transform and create more meaningful connections with the people they serve. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D dot com slash insights. Joe has an analytical mind, one that's kept him engaged and excited at Intel for 36 years. He's seen a lot of data, but he says companies need more than just data. Companies are swimming in data, but insights from that data are the key to understanding and creating change, like upgrading the retail experience. And because Intel has the capabilities to do that, we might get to that future we were talking about much sooner than you'd expect. We did a bunch of work with a product distributor of healthy food products about 10 years ago. And they had data across 3,000 stores. 2,000 were sold proprietorships, so the owner had one store, and the other 1,000 were small chains. And it was really interesting. If we looked at the very best single store owners, they had sales per square foot that were off the charts, 10x better than anybody had ever heard of. And we looked at the then the five store chains. And you'd think, hey, the owners who have really figured out how to kill it with one store, they want to grow. Now they got three or four or five stores. 
the very best five store chains had half the sales per square foot of the very best single owner chains. And, and the realization uh, was that owner who's amazing is the AI engine for that store. They're probably in the store all day, every day. They know all their best customers. They know if somebody's asking for something that he, they're not stocking, they're going to be able to bring that in. And then when they're out of stock, they're keenly aware because they're hearing the customers ask for it. Uh, they get something new. They know some of their customers are interested in, they're going to suggest it. And, and I'm always on the lookout for how can technology uplift the skill set of all the staff to that of a very best staff member. One area that Joe knows needs to be up-leveled is inventory management, which is one part of business that so many retailers stress about and constantly try to find solutions for. Inventory distortion or inaccurate accounting of inventory costs companies a collective trillion dollars a year. Intel is working a suite of solutions from AI, computer vision, camera tech, to slick barcode systems in restaurant coolers. But the biggest piece of this puzzle might just be tracking technology called RFID or radio frequency identification. Using this technology, retailers can enable small tags, automatically ID them and track objects. This makes inventory easily automated and traceable. And surprisingly, this tech of the future is actually kind of old. Uh, RFID was something that was really hot. Walmart, you know, 20 years ago, pushed uh, RFID. Was gonna, every product was going to be tagged. Then it was going to be every pallet. A lot of problems and challenges with that. But then, outside of the U.S., a completely unrelated strategic inflection point created a huge workforce problem, and thus a surprising opportunity for this older piece of tech. In Japan, they have a huge labor shortage. They have a declining population. They have increasing elderly and they want to take all the low value labor out of the workforce to be able to concentrate it into things like healthcare. So five years ago, the, the government in Japan started funding heavily RFID tag research. And they've committed that by 2023, RFID tags will be less than one penny. And by 2025, they'll be less than one yen. Joe predicts this cheapening rate of tech will radically alter the consumer experience. Take the example of a convenience store in Japan. Very soon, just like Joe had already predicted, you'll have completely staffless and scanless checkouts. Intel is already preparing to bring this future to life. And it doesn't stop at retail. They're exploring solutions to all kinds of problems. From at-home learning technology for kids, to using cutting-edge predictive analytics in healthcare, to creating immersive 360-degree video entertainment and beyond. So how do they do it? How do they prepare for visions of the future that no one else is seeing? It all goes back to that key philosophy that founder Andy Grove established more than two decades ago, positive paranoia. This positive paranoia is the superpower that allows everyone at Intel to concisely define issues, exact insights from complex data, and accurately predict exactly where technology is going and how it's going to be used across almost any industry. We're always looking for what's a threat to what's happening in the company, what's an impact to us. Intel's asking the questions no one else is. And according to Joe, asking the hard questions isn't about finding the right answer every time. It's about finding the courage to even try. Courage is willing to go with your gut 
one of my early leaders taught me that it, if you're right 51% of the time as a senior leader, keep going. And that most people, when they get to be a senior leader in a company, become risk averse. And no decision is worse than being right 51% of the time. Or as Grove put it best, if you're wrong, you will die. But most companies don't die because they are wrong. Most die because they don't commit themselves. They fritter away their valuable resources while attempting to make a decision. The greatest danger is in standing still. Business X Factors is brought to you by our friends at Highland. For over a decade, Highland has been named a leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for content services platforms leading the way to help people get the information they need when and where they need it. More than half of 2020 Fortune 100 companies rely on Highland to help them create more meaningful connections with the people they serve. When your focus is on the people you serve, Highland stands behind you. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D dot com slash insights. You've been listening to Business X Factors brought to you by Highland. To learn more about Intel Corporation, check out intel.com. And if you like this show, make sure you subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app. We'd also be so grateful if you rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, as this helps ensure that more amazing listeners like you find this show. Thanks for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Bergeron, and I'll catch you next time on Business X Factors.